Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Rockcast, a podcast by Rockhurst University that is for Rockhurst students, produced and made by Rockhurst students. Um, glad to have you back and first time listeners. Um, welcome. Glad you could make it. Um, no matter who you are, where you are, feel free to subscribe to uh, the podcast, uh, rate and review, all that good stuff so we can get more listeners out there. Really good uh, content coming out and would love to have more interaction with you guys out there. Uh, this week we put on our Instagram feed on stories, you know, give us some uh, topic ideas. So we've taken about four of those. Um, and since we've been talking about the election, uh, we'll, we'll hit that a little bit early. Um, the election is, after all, mostly official, um, but we will talk about that and kind of where the country goes forward with that, where social media goes forward with that and how all that is affected. And then we'll also talk about uh, stuff at Rockhurst, like classes, um, clubs, sports, and the animals that are flying in the trees. Um, but first, let's have everyone introduce themselves. Um, going clockwise on my screen, Jarrett, you are up first, sir. Righty. Everyone, I'm Jarrett. I am a sophomore at Rockhurst from Chicago. And yep, that's me. All right. Clockwise would mean Vince is next. My name is Vince Rosquetta. I am a senior nursing major here at Rockhurst University, and I am the podcast resident coffee drinker. And America. Uh, my name is America Romo. I am a senior here at Rockhurst studying corporate accounting and finance. Great. Now, before we get to the election, I, there was one topic that was uh, sent in that was maybe a little too serious for the, um, the Rockcast and that had to do with Vince's hair game. Um, how does he do it? How does he maintain it? Um, I don't know who sent it in. Actually, that's a lie I do. It was Vince, uh, <laughs> but Vince, <laughs> since you know, you've asked yourself the question, maybe you'd like to you know, tell us about the lettuce up there. How's it? <laughs> well, I mean, just helping my own ego by sending uh, the <laughs> suggested topic of my own hair. Uh, but no, it's, um, my, my, my number one secret other than one genetics, but, um, two, I don't use shampoo every single time I shower. It's actually maybe only every third time, uh, that I do. Um, I kind of got that from my grandpa who lives in the Philippines. He's, you know, he's 80, still has a full set of black jet black hair and he never used any shampoo ever when he took a shower ever. So I only do mine every so often. And I still have a really healthy set of hair over here. So looking for longevity, less chemicals, the better. Fascinating. I'm so glad you asked yourself that. <laughs> I just had to share that with our listeners over here. So great. Good. Um, a presidential candidate happens to be known for his hair. Uh, I don't know if he uses chemicals in that. Actually, we probably have a pretty good idea that there's something in there, but uh, the election has been decided as much as it usually has been decided, and there's some drama going on afterwards. So let's just start with, was the outcome what you expected? Who wants to go? Who wants to take this on? In terms of like the reaction kind of after, not really speaking to like who won, but kind of in terms of the reaction after, I think it was kind of expected. Um, you know, we kind of predicted that, you know, in past episodes that whichever side uh, lost was not really gonna accept the results. We kind of figured that out. Uh, I think that was our, what we did, our second or third podcast over there. And so we kind of see that right now with the Trump administration's um, current like lawsuits against certain states with how the votes were counted up. And so we're starting to see like a 2000 situation where we're going to be waiting for the courts to decide, you know, okay, are we going to actually take this, you know, legitly, or are we just going to go with what, you know, we have um, with the results that were there by default. So. Okay. So speaking of the outcome or the reaction to the outcome, anybody else surprised, not surprised? I feel like as far as 
the actual outcomes, just as how Vince said it. I really wasn't surprised as much. The only thing that did surprise me, I'd say, was maybe the idea that I guess I didn't really see a large uprising as I was. I wasn't anticipating a large uprising, but just the tension building up to the election and a few days after November 3rd, when the polls started opening, I really did not see it going down pretty for anybody, even if the sign won. So honestly, I'm a little bit surprised by, I guess it's been a lot more peaceful than just what I supposed it was going to be. The only thing I'm not surprised by, and as we talked about, you know, in the past episode, of course, the tension is still going to be there. There's definitely no, you're going to have your memes for quite some time. And honestly, I think that's okay, as long as people are not expressing things in a putrid way and not continuing to spread hate on other people which is going to exist regardless of how long these things go on, regardless of whether this lawsuit goes through or is you know, rescinded by the general courts. That's not really the question. It's more so about the motive and what you're seeing there. And I think from a national sense, I'm surprised because it's a lot better than what it could have been. I could say that for sure. I think that for the outcome, I kind of felt like it could go either way. So I think I would have, in a way, I want to say I'm surprised and not surprised. And I think that if it would have gone the other way, I would be saying the same thing because I, I don't know. I, I would say I wasn't really surprised. I think what surprised me the most was really the impact of the mail-in ballots. That's kind of what really surprised me because what we were seeing um, that Tuesday night was it just completely changed you know, throughout the week. So I didn't expect there to be such an impact with the mail-in ballots and especially the flip that some states made. I mean, it was really drastic. I didn't really see that coming. So if anything, I would say that's what surprised me, not really the outcome because I did feel like it could go either way. Okay. Um, before the election, we talked a lot about um, social interaction, especially on social media and uh, kind of things getting a little bit nasty here and there. Of course, that's what social media is in a lot of cases. Uh, how's it been since? Jared, I know you said uh, things that were a little bit more peaceful um, outside of the online world, but think about um, social media now and how have things been and is it getting better? If we're talking from the perspective of social media, that is definitely the thing that has to change at some point, you know, regardless of whether we like what we're saying, regardless of, you know, whether you voted for Biden, Trump, you know, a libertarian candidate, or even Kanye, there's, as I said, memes are always going to be there. People are always going to try to romanticize what goes on, but there is always going to still be that level of, yeah, just putrid sense of hate that's pushed over social media. But at the same time, because that is something that I do think that I think we've all seen a lot of, regardless of who you support. I feel like we've all seen that a lot. And I say a way for that to change would be, you know, hopefully, I mean, we do have what, it's November 16th. When does, I want to say it's like halfway through January when Biden or whoever the new president will be actually gets sworn in as the president. I feel up until that point, you know, you have to see not just the president on each side, you know, President Trump versus Biden or somebody say something specifically. I feel like it's going to take, you know, the state representatives, it's going to take, you know, attorney generals, it's going to take delegates to step up and just say something about, you know, okay, well, maybe this election did not go the way I wanted it to. But regardless, it's a country, you know, and what I want to have happen is what should be the sense for the entire nation. So in order for those things to stop on social media, especially Twitter, I really feel as if Twitter is the main stream for all the things that we're seeing, somebody on there is going to need to lead a resurgence for a lot of people to step up and say, you know what, let's be mature about this. And regardless of who wins, regardless of this lawsuit, regardless of who you voted for, let's make sure that America is in a stable national sense. Okay. Vince, America, any thoughts on that? Honestly, like personally, it? oh, sorry. No, okay. um, personally for me, I haven't been as active on social media recently just because of school. School has been, um, taking over my life currently, a lot of tests. Um, but what I have seen, I I don't think, I didn't think it, my opinion would be that it really hasn't been as bad as I thought. 
it was going to me going to be but perhaps that really just depends I feel like we all have different feeds so maybe we're only seeing what obviously like the people we surround ourselves with so maybe um someone else would disagree with me in terms of like I know one of the biggest things that we talked about um, in the previous episodes about social media and spreading hate across your social media platforms. We talked a lot about there's just a lot of just really aggressive stuff towards like people of different ideologies that we were seeing on people's Instagram stories and their posts, that sort of thing. Uh, generally speaking, I feel like those kind of posts have gone down now that, that we have a decision. Uh, I mean, that kind of makes sense because there's not really a necessity for people to feel like they have to go and post that sort of thing out on social media. And I just think moving forward here, you know, not just with social media, but with the country in general, now that we do have a, how I put it, quad, quad, I mean, Biden won, depending on how the courts go, like kind of quasi presidential, you know, victor over here, we can pretty much move on with the assertion that he is the victor in the uh, president or for the, yeah, for the election. But I think moving forward as a country, I think we do need to start healing those, you know, wounds, especially on social media, you know, that's where it kind of starts and start trying to come together. You know, I think breeding hate isn't going to help anybody. It's definitely not going to make somebody want to compromise or, you know, switch over beliefs for you. So I think, you know, especially starting on social media, that's where we need to start. Okay. Can uh, the country learn from what you just said there about, uh, and as the others have said too, about not breeding hate, um, finding some kind of peaceful means to move forward? Is that how the country needs to move forward now? Or can this country survive kind of going with the pre-election mode of, I have to make my opinion extremely known and then I have to counter this opinion with this and just that back and forth. Uh, a lot of called it divisiveness. Um, is this just the way things are now or can we get back? Is it even possible to get back to where we're all just sitting down kind of at the same table, either virtual table or not, and able to uh, talk freely and cordially with each other? I think moving forward, you know, with kind of how you define divisiveness over there, I don't, I don't think we should be moving forward. And I don't think we can move forward with that sort of line of thinking because, you know, we're seeing it right now. Like once you have, you know, one party in control of things for a while and nobody else wants to play with them, no one wants to compromise, then when things switch, it's going to be the same thing over with one side, you know, salty about, you know, not being included, not, you know, having a say. And they're just going to go try to ram through their policies through without, you know, concern for anybody else. And that just creates a pendulum where you just swing it from one side to the other and everybody being salty all the time. So I think moving forward, you do have to start breeding a culture of plurality, knowing that somebody can logically come to a different conclusion uh, logically. And just because it's different than yours doesn't mean that they're an idiot or they're just not or they're uneducated. No, most people are. It's just that with their worldview and their perspective, they interpret it this way and you interpret it the other way. So I guess the grand question is how do we find a compromise between the two? Which is why political system is set up the way it is. But in order to do that, we're gonna have to start to learn how to, you know, play fair with each other again. Would you agree, Jarrett or America? I definitely agree with that. It's just because I'm, gonna lie, I'm very, very optimistic <laughs> for anybody that has seen the way that I talk about things the past episodes, even today. That's just me. Even in the face of disaster, I, I like to, I don't just say that straight up, okay, the best thing is going to always happen because, you know, this is America. Not everything is perfect. I understand that. But I do like to see the light at the end of the tunnel. I see that as the goal ultimately. And even though, you know, what Vince is talking about and what a lot of us come to see as this idea of unity and being able to sit down at this table. That's what we want. That's truth be told, healing needs to happen so that we can get there. My ultimate question and the question that we all ask ourselves is, will that actually happen? Is this something that's gonna happen You know, the next year, the next few months, next week, or will it just evaporate into thin air before you know it, this division becomes something 
almost like an era, something that we might end up seeing. Because, you know, my fear is we saw how a disease, something that literally can kill anybody, regardless of your race, orientation, your political belief, COVID can take you out, regardless of what it is, it can take you out. And we've seen how even something like that can be made political. If a disease can be made political, then just imagine what else in life can be made political. Like, what is this going to look like? Are we going to have four-year-old kids trying to hate on each other and they don't even understand politics or things that drive these decisions in general? So my question for it would be, that is what we need to see. We need to see that light at the end of the tunnel where we're reaching towards unity. And just the question of, will that happen? And I personally feel like that healing, I feel as if going forward, we really have to handle things within the next, honestly, month, within the next few weeks, because you know Christmas is going to come. We're obviously going to be away from school from next week or two weeks up until February. That's the plan right now, hoping that we don't experience a second wave of corona. And worst comes to worst, let's say that we do. But then, is that also going to be made political? Like, we really have to look into all these things because if we really do want things to change, we can't keep acting the same. You know, and that is my fear that even though I want these better things and we can talk about how to get there, are people actually willing to sacrifice their own political desires to get to what's best for everybody? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think um, both Jared and Vince really put that together. And yeah, I think I'm also really optimistic like Jared. And I think what makes me feel like that is that we don't really just have to hope for things to get better. We can act on it. And which I think is nice. I mean, that's really the only way we can get changed. And I've seen, there's one, there's been a couple of posts that I have seen, um, you know, regardless of where you stand and, and who you voted for, but people saying like, oh, finally I can maybe tell um the other you know like the other group of people who voted for this other person the things that they have told me or like I can finally say this or that and I don't think that's the answer I mean I think that if you have been hurt by someone the answer it's not is not to just kind of like give them the same hate that you felt that they gave you like we're not going to move forward we're still we're we're in the same country it's not like and I feel like that's been like the problem that we're just been so divided that that's why we can't move forward because we just can't really see eye to eye. And the only way that we can see eye to eye is to try, maybe we have been, if you have been hurt by someone else, don't give them that same energy that they gave you. Maybe the only way that we're going to like be able to move forward is if we're just kind to each other. And, and that's something we can do. And it, and it's easy. I mean, being, being kind is, is free and it's something that you can do. So that's kind of where I see us going. I think we can, I think things can definitely get better. And I think I've already mentioned this several times, but now with the news um, that maybe there's gonna be a vaccine um, possibly coming out soon, who knows? I really do think that there's gonna be a huge difference when we can, are able to have those in-person relationships because you know we're human beings and we're made to be with other people and you know to give someone a hug. And it's. I think that's why we've all been just so, anxious because we just are stuck in our home by ourselves all the time and I think that when we are able to kind of meet again with those friends um, family members really I do think that there's going to be a a change excellent um being around people uh being able to give someone a hug um being in class next to them um it has taken, I agree with you, it does seem like it's taken its toll. And I think that people are tired and um, they're anxious to move forward. So I really like the message you guys are putting out there. Um, in regard to classes, that was a topic that we received from uh, Instagram followers. And classes this year, as, as we've talked about, not like a typical year. Um, a lot are hybrid, some are online only. Vince, I know you said uh, almost all years with uh, College of Nursing, Research College of Nursing have been online. But if you can look at the, just the classes, and now let's take politics and shove it aside for a while, long while. <laughs> um, look at the classes at Rockhurst. Uh, 
how would you describe them to someone who might be interested in the school or they're a freshman at the school and think, is this it? Is this what I'm going to get? Um, kind of what, where classes are right now in general and when we are back to normal, what is it really like and what do you like about them? America, if you wouldn't mind starting this one. Um, I feel like we always leave the leave you to the last on, on some of these. So I'm gonna pick on you first. Yes, of course. Um, do you mean just like when times are normal? Is that what you're- Yeah, when times are normal. I think the general question was more like, just tell me more about classes at Rockers. Now it could be for a potential student or um, it could be for someone on campus that's just not, that's new there and they don't know. Um, well, I think, well, classes, I guess I have to think a little bit about this, especially now with so many online classes. It's like, what was it like before this? It feels like it's been way too long. Um, but I guess one of the things that I really liked about um, Rockers and the reason that I decided to come here was just for the smaller classes. I feel like that definitely was something that I was looking for because I wanted to get to know all my classmates. And I think that I have been able to, um, as well as just really getting to know the professors. And personally, that's been one of the biggest things. I think it's very um, motivating when you uh, know that your professor cares about you. And I don't know if other people say this at other schools, but I think, and maybe it's oversaid here at Rockers, but I definitely, I just think it's so true how much your professors care about you. I mean, it's really, it's it's incredible. I, I'm not sure if I've already mentioned this, but it was a couple, I think it was two years ago. No, it was last year. I missed like one class and then my professor, he emailed me and he asking me like if I was okay, like how everything was going. And I was perfectly fine. Um, I just had like, I had some something to do, but I don't know if that really happens at other universities. I feel like that's very rare for your professors to be so invested in you really succeeding in their class. Um, when, I mean, that's not gonna affect, it doesn't affect them like personally, I would say, I mean, and they, they, I mean, you could say that they just come to do their job, but like, I don't think that's true here at Rockers. And that would be the biggest thing. And one of the, um, and that's what I, every that's what I tell every student when I'm giving a tour, um, just how amazing the professors are at Rockers. And even now, I mean, with my professors now, they have been super understanding, um, like telling us, you know, if you are having trouble, please email me this is not the time to be um, stressing you out. So I don't know, I just think that's really incredible. Uh, kind of echoing what America said, I do think the professors are a really big strength for being a small school, particularly here at Rockers. Uh, I've managed to forge some really good relationships with my professors. I'm on a first name basis with more than one, more than what my senior year of high school me would have thought I would be on. Uh, before I came to Rockers. Uh, that was kind of one of the biggest things I realized when I was I'm like, wow, these people like, like America was saying, like they actually like care and they want to get to know you. And for all those prospective students listening out there, this is such a really good resource to a lot of different things that you can't even like fathom right now. Uh, I've gotten like extra scholarships based off of recommendations from letters from professors that I've gotten to know really well. I'm about to start applying for jobs here in December and January over break, and they're going to be on my resume as, you know, um, like character um, calls to make um, just for them to speak on me. And I wouldn't have that if I didn't have that relationship with them. Kind of dipping onto my um, admissions office ambassador side over here, we have, it's like a 12 to 1 or 13 to 1 student per to professor ratio here on our campus. And that is so small on the national level. And this gives you so many opportunities to be able to get into relationship with those professors and allows them to get to know who you are and you're just not another face in an auditorium of 600. And for the freshman students who haven't really known anything different here on campus, if your professor seems kind of standoffish, well, that's just because we're online right now and they haven't had the opportunity to see you in class. But once things start getting normal again, you're gonna to start to see like these, these professors really do care about you. I mean, the general message that I'm hearing is that, and it's definitely true, being somebody that came from a school, I am very outgoing, but I came from, you know, Chicago. There's not many people from Chicago that go to Rockhurst or even knew about it in the first place. And I also didn't know anybody when I got to campus. 
So I knew that I was already going to be at a deficit. But one thing that definitely led me to come to Rockhurst in the first place was knowing that I was going to have that inclusive environment. So not just it being a small, you know, student to faculty ratio, but from what I heard when I even went down and visited Rockhurst and seeing it in person, like, wow, like I can raise my hand in the classroom and somebody will call on me, you know, as opposed to you're in a classroom, as has been said, you know, full of 200 to 500 people and you're intimidated to even ask for help, you know, and as a student, that's a liability. You need to have every opportunity possible in order to succeed. And Rockhurst does all of that and then some. With it being so small, with it being so inclusive, you have all those chances to not just be the best student that you can be, but to be the best person that you can be. And I feel like that's the difference between going to Rockhurst and going anywhere else, even if it is another you know, Catholic Jesuit institution, just like Rockhurst is. It's not the same. There is a very specific, intricate difference about Rockhurst that honestly spreads the name, that makes a difference, um, still keeps it small, as opposed to some of the other Jesuit institutions that might be you know, anywhere from about 3,000 to 5,000 to 6,000 students. We have one in Chicago called Loyola. So I understand how that works as well. But when you come down to it, when you look at how Rockhurst is with those classes, the way that it just allows you to immerse with that, like as you said, knowing your professors on a first name basis, you know, as you said, just feeling comfortable having somebody reach out to you when you're not even sick just because they saw you weren't there. How is somebody going to notice one student gone within 200? They won't, you know, like at Rockers, they really do care about you. And it's not that they don't care about you at other schools, but it's amplified at our community and it's made known that we want you to succeed. Is there a class you've taken over the last, well, however many years uh, each of you or all of you have been there a different amount of time, a different amount of time. Is there a class that stands out to you as if I could do one class over again, not to do better, but just because you enjoyed it so much, what would that class be? And kind of what was it about? Uh, what about it made, made it stand out for you? I, I can go ahead and go. Um, one class that really stood out to me um, were, well, there are technically two classes, but the, both the theater classes that I took for my arts credit here, um, it was between my freshman and sophomore year. I guess specifically it was um, Elizabethan theater that I took uh, with Professor Matt Schmidley. Um, not gonna lie, definitely top, like top five professors here on this campus. People who have taken this class can probably agree with me on that one. Um, one of his big things when we were going over like the scenes that we were learning and performing on stage were, um, you know, you're, you're not an actor in a role on the stage. You're just a character living in the moment of that certain scenario or situation that the scene presents yourself with, you know, you know, with the script and all, yeah, whatever. But at the end of the day, you're like, you're there, you're present. And he always, his best advice is just to be present in the moment. And then that's something that I have taken, you know, and just applied to my daily life as well. Um, you know, whatever I'm doing, I'm just going to put my mind, you know, 100% to that instead of worrying about like, yeah, I have another test next week. I need to do this. I have work. How do I fit this? No, I'm just focused one day at a time because, you know, as the days go on, it doesn't matter. It's, there's no today. There's no more. It's just today. And so just helping being present in the moment, uh, that's something that that class really taught me how to do, how to slow down. It's such a hard question because there's so many classes and so many professors that I have absolutely loved um, taking their courses. But just to name a few, um, I think maybe my freshman year, I took Intro to World Religions with um, Dr. Walsh and she's just a wonderful professor. And, and what I loved was that um, I just really loved learning about different religions, especially since I went to Catholic grade school and a Catholic um, high school and she kind of in her assignment she like implemented um, some traditions so we had to like do some of the traditions of the different religions that we were doing like when we were studying Buddhism we had to like meditate for one of our assignments um, for like a whole week I, I can't quite remember but it was just a really really awesome experience or when we were early learning about Islam we had to um, fast for one one full day uh, and kind of write about our, our experience. Um, so I think that's maybe one of the classes that I really enjoyed. I also, maybe my freshman year, I had to take, I think comp two. And I was very, very nervous because I thought it was gonna be a class that I wasn't gonna like since in high school, I thought that I didn't really like English. It wasn't a course that I enjoyed, but I actually 
became one of my favorites ever. I, I took it with Dr. Forsberg and I ended up taking another of her classes because I just loved her so much. And I mean, that's where I really wanna see like the impact a professor can have in a class because I went in thinking, oh, I'm dreading this. I can't believe I have to take this class and absolutely loving it. I mean, so much so that I have even taken other English courses um, just because I want to, part of like, just my electives. And I would have never imagined that in high school, like just taking an English class for fun. That's something that I would have never even pictured myself doing. And it, which is incredible. I mean, it really was just not only the course, but just the professor, how much of an impact they can have in what you like. Um, like I said, there's too many classes. Now I'm in a creative writing class that I, I didn't have to take. I'm taking it because I want to um, with Dr. Barnett, who is the loveliest professor ever, super understanding um, that they, I don't know, we sometimes during at the beginning of the class, she'll ask how we're all doing. I mean, there really is so many classes, but I think those couple my freshman year where I kind of went in not knowing anything and ended up loving it and completely changing what I wanted to do in my life um, and kind of forming those relationships with professors. I'd say for me, because I really enjoyed a good amount of my classes, even if some were definitely a struggle at some point, like even through the struggle, I was able to embrace that. You know, I feel like the difference between me and high school and where I'm at now as far as a student was that when I did struggle, I would kind of just like, you know, turn into that shell, like, ah, like, I don't really want to interact with the teacher that much, even if they're a nice teacher, but I get to Rockhurst and just the level of enthusiasm that I saw for my professors, like literally all of them, I can't even think of one that I thought was maybe shady or was maybe like faking it. <laughs> like, I just didn't really see that because I think you're always going to think about the bad apples. I just, I never came across that. Personally, one that really got to me, just as Vince said, was um, Matt Schmidley. I'm a film acting minor, for those who don't know. So ever since I was on campus, I was doing a lot of work with, you know, theater and taking those classes. And those were some of the best times I've ever had. Like, maybe even in life in general, just going through and doing these drills that were honestly just really, they were really funny, but at the same time, they actually made you, like, strategically and talented with what it is that he was trying to teach us. You know, it was a, to the point where we could have a lot of fun, but gain a lot at the same time, you know, and there was a lot of pride within that in theater and the way that that community engaged with other people. Something about my um, improv class, it was literally improv. What was so fun about it was there were people that weren't even in the class that would come on Thursday and they would just, just come into the class. Like literally they would just start doing improv with us. It would go from 15 students regularly to on Thursday about 35 and we're all just in there just having a blast it was hilarious you know in this classroom in the party barn with the see-through windows seeing people walk by and I would just go and knock on them and they'd have no idea who was there just a lot of this foolery that was just evident I'm like wow how do you have this much fun when you're at college and still am able to get all this out of it that you would like to as well just you went from that having a class that was more high profile to me having a Christianity class where we had many intellectual conversations, not just about the Christian faith, but I guess the outward lens towards Christianity, something that me going to a Catholic school my whole life, kind of like how America described, you don't really get that much of. So getting to hear all these different perspectives in the classroom and then getting to also have fun and gain, you know, hone, on, hone in on your talents as well was honestly just the best part about classes. Like I can't even really say what was my favorite, but if I had to take them again, I'd say my Christianity class and any acting class that Matt Smidley teaches for that matter. <laughs> How often does Schmidley talk about a Super Bowl commercial? Very often. <laughs> <laughs> Very often. He loves to talk of, oh my gosh. And he shows That's us, funny. I remember, oh, if you guys have ever had, I haven't had it actually, but Minsky's Pizza, it's something down there in KC, I know for sure. He did a commercial with them once and it was really funny. And he just shows it to us all the time. It is really, really funny, but it's, he loves himself. I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's really good. Um, uh, I've only talked to him a few times. Seems like a great person. So right in line with what you guys are saying. Um, so when I email Matt, 
um, or Matthew, Matt, um, Professor Schmidley. Um, like I said, always really nice. Why email you guys when it comes back? Your signature lines are always really deep with all the stuff you're involved in. So one of the questions that came in was, tell us about clubs and extracurricular stuff. My headphones falling off. Um, uh, what kind of stuff are you involved in? What kind of stuff um, would you like to get involved in? Were you involved in anything like that? Brianna wasn't able to join us. Um, she is involved in Voices for Justice, I know. Um, if you know anything about that or if you're in that, um, I think that would be interesting to talk about as well. But clubs and extracurricular stuff, go ahead. I can start off. Um, I've been pretty involved um, my time at Rockhurst. I definitely have, especially my freshman year, that was that was a lot. And I, that's something I always recommend to incoming students to literally just get involved in everything you can that freshman year. Go to every single first meeting because you're going to meet a lot of people. And then after that, you can decide what are your interests. But I mean, you won't know unless you go to. That's what I did. I went to like every single meeting, first meeting of, of like everything that seemed even somewhat interesting to me. So my freshman year, um, I joined Student Senate. Um, and I've been involved in it ever since. I've held several different positions throughout my time. Uh, it's a really great organization because they, one thing that I always also say is that here are rockers, it's incredible how much trust they give to, you know, incoming freshmen, kind of, when I was in high school, I had this like mentality that you really can't have like a leadership position until you're maybe a junior, most likely until you're like a senior in high school. And here I was completely shocked when that wasn't the case, when as a freshman, you were given that opportunity to be a leader. I mean, I guess, um, not to sound cliche, Rockers is where leaders learn, but um, I think they really take that completely serious here. Um, just giving that responsibility. I remember my, I think it was my second meeting. We were, had to like commit, we had to find like chairs for our committees. And um, I was giving committee chair for one of them. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I don't, I don't even, I barely even know what student senate is. And I've already have like a somewhat, you know, responsibility. And so, yeah, it's a great organization. Um, you get to meet a lot of different people um, from different majors and um, what else? I guess I'm also involved in DSP, which is Delta Sigma Pi, it's the business fraternity, since I'm a business major. So for all um, incoming students or even current students who are business majors, I definitely recommend it. It's really a great organization because you get to meet um, other people and it's just a nice way of getting to know people in your classes. Um, who people you can like study with. I've met really, really good friends through there. Um, my second semester, I went through recruitment and I joined a, a sorority um, and it's been great. Um, I really like it. I've met a lot of really, really good friends. What else? I don't know. It's just like, I, I was involved in SAV. I think all freshmen are involved in SAV our freshman year. Um, and I liked it, but you know, it is kind of, um, I didn't continue with that. And then our, and then I joined um, Ambassadors, which is also a really great organization. You get to meet a lot of different people. I do think that if you want to really kind of form those relationships with people outside of your major, then um, just joining things that, such as Ambassadors is a great way. I've met a lot of really cool people that I would have never even crossed paths with. Um, even if it weren't for ambassadors. I mean, just recently, I think it was two weeks ago, I met a senior. Um, she is a science major and I had never met her ever. And um, I'm, and I thought, I felt like I knew everyone, um, <laughs> but I didn't. And so, yeah, I just met her and it was because I was working at the ambassador um, and admissions that day and we didn't have any tours. So I was just making packets. And so it was just really cool that even at this point, um, that I'm a senior, I'm still meeting new people and it's been through the organizations that I'm involved in, involved in and kind of getting to um, just meet a lot of, especially like incoming students. I love talking to the incoming students. And another great thing about joining organizations on campus is just getting to 
um, work with staff as well. It's been great um, kind of forming those relationships like right from the start. So I'm sure um, Vince and Jared have a lot of things to say because they are very involved, I know. <laughs> yes, I'll take it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, she's right. Um, I definitely, I was very involved my junior and senior year going into high school and I saw how I guess the positive impact of that, even though I wanted to start getting involved because I was definitely just a major athlete before I started really doing anything with the talents I had, but got through that, saw how, you know, it looked good on the transcript. A lot of colleges definitely gave you leverage with that in terms of admissions. And I got to Rockhurst and I'm like, you know what, why not carry that on, especially getting to Rockhurst and saying they have all of these things to offer. It kind of took me by surprise because I knew there were going to be things to do at college, but like what Rockers has to offer was just crazy. I felt like there's something for everybody there, regardless of who you are, regardless of what your interests are. It's just a matter of, are you willing to, you know, step out and get involved with it? And I think, let me think, what was the first club I joined? I, oh, okay. I think the first club I actually joined was Joyful Noise, which was seeing choir at mass and during church, which sadly is something that has come to a halt recently due to COVID. But that was one of the most, amazing things I did back at campus just because you had all these people coming together you know we would um, practice typically yeah every Friday morning at 8, 8 a.m sharp with the great the excellent Bill Creaky and he would lead us and you know music and just the things that we would establish going on from there performing at mass and honestly it was just a community we would do a lot of gatherings outside of that as well so that's an organization I suggest for anybody that even if you're not the most avid singer that's okay just if you, honestly, if you're just looking to get involved in some way, that's definitely a good one anybody can do for sure. Um, that, I'm involved in Black Student Union, which is definitely great to see how, even though Rockhurst looked not as diverse when I first got there, it definitely was just because everybody in that group honestly immerses themselves with other clubs and organizations. So you'll see a lot of people that are in Black Student Union and Voices for Justice, like Brianna is something that I'm like partially involved with. I do stuff with them as well. You know, um, it's the other one, Active Minds. You'll see a lot of different things at Rockers. A lot of people are like crossway involved with certain organizations. Like they'll go to this meeting one week and they'll go to that one the next week, you know? And with it being that small campus and with everyone, you know, just wanting to get a piece of everything that's going on, it definitely supports that idea. Um, I didn't get to the wave of SAB because I was doing so many other things. but. <laughs> I'm trying to think, what else did I do? Um, probably come back to me. But anywho, just as far as organizations in general, and if you are, you know, a freshman, if you are even somebody that's considering coming to Rockhurst as, you know, a senior in high school, maybe even a junior, just know that if you're looking to be involved, that this is not only the place where you obviously can, because you're going to have opportunities at whatever college you're looking at, but Rockhurst is a place that supports that. It's a place where you want to be involved, even if you might not have the same interests as other people. You know, I personally felt as if, if I did not have the interest that I generally did up until this point, I still would have found a way to get involved just because I saw a lot of other people doing it. I saw just as America said, it's just a great way to connect with other people, get to familiarize yourself with the campus, the community, and honestly, what makes Rockhurst the place that it is. Kind of going off of um, Jared over there. I mean, we do have so many different clubs and organizations. You know, you know, what, what do you choose? It's honestly a really good problem to have, um, knowing that we have such a variety here. Um, and we kind of introduce that to our new students uh, right from like the first week during Welcome Week. We have a thing called the Free Stuff Fair, which even for upperclassmen like me is still a great thing because I get a bunch of free stuff. Um, <laughs> It's where all the different student uh, clubs and organizations can table and you can go and talk to current members, sign up for their email list, you know, put your contact information down. And just because you put your information down there doesn't mean you commit to anything. It's just, you know, kind of dipping your feet, kind of everyone to see what you can get involved in. And it's always a fun thing every year, you know, when we're doing that because it's just, it, it's honestly hard to find someone who isn't involved uh, in an organization at Rockers and it's probably easier, like, harder to find someone who isn't involved at all. And again, honestly, a really good uh, problem to have here on our campus. Uh, another thing that we haven't really brought up yet, um, we're gonna touch on it with our main sorority. I'm a proud Greek man here on our campus and I cannot like, 
if you get me started on our Greek system here, I think I'll talk to you all day about it because I really do love it here. Um, I am very involved, heavily involved in my uh, fraternity here. Uh, I was our recruitment chairman for a while, uh, just finished my term as our external vice president. Uh, in the interim between those two, I was our uh, PR social media chairman. And uh, just the Greek system that we have here on our campus is just a really strong culture compared to, I feel like, other universities. Uh, you don't really have like the typical, you know, frat, frat uh, stereotypes that people like to label on each other's heads. We don't come after each other, you know, with <laughs> malicious intent um, on social media or anything like that. We're all just like, we're just one big happy Greek community here. And a big part of that is the way we recruit uh, both fraternity and sorority life uh, recruit. It's called deferred recruitment, which takes place in the spring. So that first week you come to college, you're not already putting you know, a label on your head before you even have a chance to figure out who you are in college. We give you that six months in the first semester where you can kind of get your feet wet, see what the organizations are like, see what you're like and how you develop, uh, you know, getting on your own feet, establishing yourself with your own foundation as you instead of the organization or the fraternity story that you join that organization. And so um, it's a really strong, positive Greek culture here. And I could not recommend it less to anybody. <laughs> And I also want to point out that um, if you are, if that's something that you, for incoming students, if they are not interested in um, fraternity or sorority life, that it is perfectly fine because I have so many friends that are not involved in that, but they are involved in so many other organizations. It's a great way. It's, it really is more so, it's not like everything. It's not like the only thing that you're going to do which might be the case, especially at bigger schools where you kind of have that recruitment like right away. So really all your friends are in your sorority or your fraternity. Here you kind of have the opportunity to make all these friendships um, before you even join. So that means you're really just gaining more friends um, or more relationships. But if that's something that you're not interested in, it's not going to be, it's not going to make it or break it um, here at all. Like you, there's so many other things that you can do. And, and um, so that. So I just wanted to make that point for people who maybe are like, mm, that's not something that I'm interested in. Would I still be like well-known on campus or like, can I still be very involved? And you absolutely can be. And I, I love that aspect of Greek life too, because those, you know, just because you have three Greek letters in your Instagram bio or not, doesn't make or break your identity here on campus, even for the people who are in Greek life, because we are so involved in so many other different things. It's just one other part of your identity here on campus. Do any of you play sports, uh, intramural sports, or Jared, did you come down to play a sport? Or um, um, one of the other topics was sports, so segueing into that. I know intramurals have been, oh, they've been going on this year, I think, a little bit, but anybody sports? Yeah, from what I've heard as far as intramurals, like I'm back home in Chicago, so I'm doing online for the year, but I've heard, I say contact with a decent amount of people. I've heard intramurals are still going on. Um, if you played in high school and you're not involved definitely take advantage of it because honestly there's so much oh my gosh we take it in real sports too seriously sometimes um speaking from the perspective of the team that won the what basketball intramural championship last year and i'm not gonna lie that was mainly because we had a varsity player that could not play due to his transfer ineligibility but we still won needless to say still won so i'll take that politely but anywho it's a big thing, you know, and it's funny for me because, as I said, I was a big time athlete in high school. I was recruited for baseball and volleyball. So up until this point, it's very surprising. I still think about it sometimes. So actually, I came to college in general not playing a sport, you know, for official team. I'm not playing baseball at Rockhurst. We don't obviously have a volleyball team. But intramurals was something I definitely got involved with at the start. And that was also a way for me to help just get to know people, upperclassmen, you know, um, just get to know a lot more people that were, you know, involved in Greek life because they tended to do a lot of things together and then we'd all intermingle. Um, that's definitely a great thing. And on top of that, so that's if we're just talking about intramurals. One thing we did my freshman year was me and a few of my best friends, whatever the basketball games, um, it would be just a few of us specifically, but we would always just go crazy. Um, we kind of had a little bit of a, a bad reputation with the refs <laughs> because we would always always mess with the other team's players like we would always get right in front of where they were scoring at and just go absolutely insane and when it's in a gym 
like in the combo where it's not jam-packed, you can hear everything and everyone very clearly. So if you're talking about someone while they're shooting free throws, they're going to know you're talking about them. And so honestly, sports at Rockers, you have to get there, you know, to really understand that. I know for many of the freshmen due to COVID, even though you're already there, you haven't been exposed to that yet, but you will soon. And honestly, it's, it's a culture that I think you'll be very pleased by, to say the least. Um, I'm bad at ball sports, so that's why I ran cross country in high school, but I still did intramurals heavily my um, before nursing school during my underclassmen time here at Rockers. And, you know, no matter if you are like a retired athlete or you're bad at ball sports like me, um, there's different like leagues that you can join, uh, different sports you can play um, just with your friends, just for fun. It's another thing you can do extracurricularly outside of campus. Um, everything that I have to say has already been said by Jarrett, but I wanted to point out like, yeah, you don't have to be good at sports in order to participate in them and have fun. So always recommend joining up. Was going, I know this year there's not a lot of um, um, varsity sports going on. Um, obviously, Jarrett, you had your experience at basketball games there. Um, did you ever do the, what are the fat head things, big heads? Did you ever get those? Stickers? You know what I'm talking about? Now, like, okay, I guess fat heads are the stickers that go on the walls. But, you know, yeah. uh, like D1 and stuff, they're holding up the big heads. Oh, oh, yes, yes. That's very interesting. Um, I'm going to have to either invest in that my junior year or tell some people to do that this year. I don't know what the – um, maybe, maybe Vince might know. Maybe you know I don't know because I do know they are having a basketball season. But to – you know, what extent are people allowed? I think they will be. I mean, I don't know yet. I do know we definitely did not do that. We didn't have, you know, those big fat heads of people. We definitely could have. Um, that would be hilarious. And I would love to do that. I don't know how I've never thought of that before, but that will be happening at some point. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> gotcha. I think it was uh, Kentucky or I don't know, someone in the SEC, some uh, student behind the um, – the goal had a big head of himself and he was making a face and then he was making the same face. So he's holding up the you know, whole inception thing. Anyway. Um, do you miss Vincent America? Did you ever go uh, to games or do you miss it this year having, you know, it not being an option or could sports be bigger on campus or is it just, a, is it just right? There's, there's definitely room for sports to be bigger here on campus. You know, it really just depends on just the mood of the student body, if they want to come out or not. Um, what I do, I'm going to miss though, like, I'm not sure what the regulations are going to be for basketball in the basketball season this year, but uh, me and my friends, uh, and then a lot of the guys in my fraternity love going out to go support the basketball team um, for their games. That was one thing that I we all really enjoyed to go to because it kind of felt like it was going back to, you know, like a, like a high school basketball game, just with a really rowdy crowd. Everybody in the crowd knows each other, uh, each other sort of thing. And uh, I remember there was one game specifically last year that like, I know it was probably gonna happen and we won't be able to get, uh, it was called like Pack the House is when we uh, played Benedictine College and reignited that rivalry again last season. And we packed, like it, the gym was like, chock full the biggest like crowd i've seen you know at my time at rocker so far for a basketball game and just like that energy and that camaraderie between like the students here at rocker is something that definitely we're probably not going to have this year definitely not packing it as tightly as we had for that game but yeah that, that, that's definitely something that um gonna be missing out on this year uh, you mentioned benedictine we got tagged on something on twitter where some student at benedictine was um writing about going to Rockhurst and the uh, Rocky Hawk um, thing uh, costume was like lying on the ground and someone walked by and said, are you wearing that today? And he's like, uh, yeah, and put it on um, and ended up running out of the building with it and diving into a Volkswagen van and then being driven off to Benedictine. And I guess he still has part of the costume or something. So I told him we'd be in contact. Um, so if we're going to do that Benedictine thing, then obviously we have to steal their mascot costume. Um, as a staff member, I never said that though. Eye for an eye, right? So. <laughs> nice. I see what you're saying. It will be taken care of accordingly. <laughs> wink, wink.
Um, all right, and then last topic of the day, very short topic. Um, we began with Vince's hair and we're gonna end with squirrels. Squirrels on campus was a topic that was uh, sent in. Are there more squirrels? Are the squirrels nice? Have you ever had issues with the squirrels? Um, we have like, I think it's 500 some trees on campus of varying ages. And obviously in the quad, there's squirrels everywhere and they're eating their nuts and um, leaving their remains all over everything to walk on. But squirrels on campus, not sure the direction here, but we'll fulfill this. This is the topic. I love me some campus squirrels. They're, they are great. They will, they do not care because they've been just lived their whole life with people going around campus. They, you're going to walk right up to them. They're just going to look at you and just keep going on their merry way. Actually, my, my favorite thing that happens with them, you'll just be walking around the quad and one of them will drop from a hundred feet in the air because they lost his footing on the huge that we have on campus. They're the funniest thing. Just squirrels drops down. looks. <laughs> that, that, that's just how they are on our campus. I, I I don't know if I get other campuses because I don't have that experience, but <laughs> I, I just love I just love the ones here, Roger. Like I mentioned before we began, recently I feel like there has been a lot more squirrels than normally. Um, last Wednesday when I was walking to class, there was like I think I, ca I counted them. There was it was behind Conway, and there was like seven all in like the same general area, which I never had seen. I mean, I always see squirrels when I walk to class, but I had never seen so many together. And, it, and like Vince mentioned, it's really funny because they don't care about you. They don't run away. They just like pretend like you're not even there and they just keep on living their life, which I think is really funny. They just own the place basically. Personally, I feel that the way that and why that is the way that it was. I remember hearing from people, oh, you know, the squirrels are funny. And I'm like, I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know, because I've always thought of squirrels as a relatively goofy animal, to say the least, in general, before I even came to Rockhurst. But coming to Rockhurst and, and seeing that myself and just seeing these squirrels, I remember just sitting down with somebody. We were having a just like a, a really like intricate conversation. And this squirrel, when I tell you, was sitting on the table, completely unbothered by us. And I'm just like, are you serious? Like, it was just sitting there. It, it did not care that we were there. And they, they love the pergola, which for those of you that don't know the pergola is that little section right next to the bell tower that, well, when it's summertime, you can see the green ivy on it. Really pretty few picnic tables. Um, yeah, they love that place a lot. I personally feel as if the reason why the squirrels are so, let's say, interactive is because you know how we have the quad, that large, you know, grass area in between, you know, Van Akron, Cedric, and then, you know, Massman, and then Conway. When you have that, I think that large green space and a lot of big trees in that area as well, you're going to have animals of any kind congregate. So I feel as if that's why there's a lot of squirrels there. And then just why they choose to be the way that they are. I don't really know, <laughs> but it's very funny. It's, it's something that I don't think any of us will ever have an answer to for why these squirrels act the way that they do but it's honestly just another staple of the Rockers community, to say at least. Like, as, as Vince said, we we love us some squirrels. We do. It's it, it's crazy. These, these squirrels are actually, like, super well-traveled. Uh, back at, like, the... I, I ended up taking bio too, even though I'm a nursing major. Um, this is back when I was thinking about switching my my major. Didn't, whatever, different story. <laughs> I ended up taking bio too, and it's very like animal and environment based and Dr. Chalaha in the science department was like, we were talking about, I don't know how we got to the conversation of campus squirrels. And apparently uh, the biology department did a study and where they tagged a few of those squirrels uh, just to see like how far they were able to go. And some of these squirrels have made it as far south as 435 from our campus. Uh, for people like not knowledgeable about the area, that's like a solid 15 minute drive straight south of Rockhurst. So these squirrels are getting pretty far. So I, I, I don't know why they're going all the way down there. They feel like they need what they have. So adding to the squirrel, Rockhurst squirrel lore <laughs> over here. <laughs> awesome, I love it. Uh, on that note, on squirrel lore, we will conclude this episode. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, 
and obviously on YouTube um, where you can watch. And at one point, um, Gabby, who runs our social media, popped on because we were supposed to have a meeting at 3.30 that was canceled, but she popped on anyway, I guess just to say hi. Jarrett, you were talking. She didn't <laughs> yeah, want to interrupt. So <laughs> In case you were wondering who that was. Uh, her face when she realized what was going on. Oh, shoot. Yeah. So I have to be nice to her, though, because she promotes this on social media. So say hi to Gabby, social media. So for Jarrett and America and Vince and Brianna, wherever she is, uh, I'm Chad Schnarr. Have a great one, everyone. Thanks for joining us.